0: He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life.
1: In this episode, we dig into two very important issues with the Book of Jude. What in the world is Jude talking about when he says that the angels did not keep their positions? Is this Genesis 3 or Genesis 6? And what in the world is the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? The two issues are connected and critical to understanding Jude's message. Here we go.
0: So Jonathan, we, we took that big time hot air balloon ride over the entire text, or at least the body of the letter. And then we we looked at kind of an overall, what's the overall point of Jude's use of the Old Testament there? But I think we should get into the weeds on maybe a couple of really important questions. And the first is, What's going on in verse six? What does Jude mean when he says the angels who did not keep their positions of authority? We gotta talk about that. <laughs> yes, we like, do. We need the question talk is, about it all the time. We is it, the time. it Genesis chapter three or is it Genesis chapter six? The other thing that we that we really need to talk about is the, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. So I think I think those are two issues that we should really dig into um, a little bit more. You want to kind of step up to the plate and talk to us a little bit more about um, verse 6? What, well, okay. what well, is a well, sin we, of What the we angels? have to deal with is, okay, it says, the angels who did not keep their positions of authority. So to put this, look, to, let's just put this into the big context of, of Jude's message here as he's saying, you you readers have an incredible position as children of god don't leave that position do not leave it behind and like the angels did now in what sense did these angels leave behind their positions of authority there's two main interpretations of of this and and one one i think is the right one and one's one's the not right one so <laughs> Well, let's start with the right one, I think. <laughs> so, so we're, so we're not confusing, yeah. <laughs> the, the, right, the right idea is is that sometime before uh, mankind's fo- fall into sin, so if we're talking about, if we want to use biblical chronology, we're talking about pre- Genesis 3. Because in Genesis 3, you have Adam and Eve falling into sin. So, we're, so we're pre-Genesis 3. So, At somewhere some, between Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> correct. <Right. laughs> yeah, correct. correct, okay. correct. Um, somewhere in there, uh, there, was, uh, there was a segment of angels, you know, led, led by the devil, led by Satan, and they they rebelled for whatever reason. They said, we don't want this high position with God and we're going to leave it behind and and create war with him and rebel against him. So they leave behind in Jews words here. They leave behind their positions of of authority. Yeah. And maybe the the, the key word is they did not keep so that's that keeping word that we made a big deal about. They did not keep and it's going to come up later in the verse again. Ironically. Yeah, be, because then they're kept. Yeah. <laughs> but keep going. Yeah. So So that's one that's one main interpretation now when that happened and I, I think there's only speculation that you can do. I think it was one of the church fathers Augustine who maybe noticed that on, was it wasn't the second day of creation. I'm just going off my memory here. Which I shouldn't do. When on the second day of creation, it wasn't affor- affirmed as good, and and some people speculate that that's when um, these these formerly good angels became bad angels. Sometimes known as demons, but again, that's simply speculation. We just don't know when it happened. So that's interpretation number one. The second interpretation that people have well, before you go to the second interpretation, other we might. Point out that this is what Revelation's talking about in Revelation 12. Correct. And uh, Isaiah alludes to that too. The but fall you, of the angels. So yes. it is. It is a scriptural thing. Mm-hmm. This this fall of Satan and the batch of them. And that's the best way to to, to look at that. It as you read, you let Scripture interpret Scripture. What is he yeah, well, talking about here? Now there is some some reason. Now we're going to get more into this, but Jude heavily quotes uh, a false writing called First Enoch or One Enoch, and uh, we we have to spend a little bit more time on One Enoch later. But there are some allusions. Uh, at least some scholars can make a good claim that there are some allusions to First Enoch here in this verse, and. First Enoch, in part of it, has a really interesting little story. And how the story goes is it, it actually interprets... It's a seductive, like in so many ways, a seductive little story. Yes, it is. It's, <laughs> what it does is it goes to Genesis chapter 6, and it looks at that term, um, sons of God, right? And mm-hmm. says... Interprets that to mean that those are, you know, the angels. The and fallen then, angels, though. Fallen they're the fallen angels. angels. Yes. They're the fallen angels who then uh, get married and have relations with the daughters of men. So you have, you have angelic beings <laughs> yes. marrying uh, human beings and having marital relations, you might say. And, and, um, and thus the Neph- Nephilim are born, the, the giants, giants yeah, that walked. the giant, this race of giants. And then the flood yeah. comes and wipes them out. So like the, the <laughs> it's uh yeah, sorry. So that's one me, Enoch, and there, and that that interprets. So okay, maybe that's what it is, it's Genesis six, and I'm saying that a little bit sarcastically. Uh, the church now, for centuries and centuries and centuries, has rejected that interpretation although now in modern times there's been a resurgence in understanding Genesis 6 just that way um that is not that is not an interpretation that i stand behind and i don't think it's in line with scripture i don't well, think I it's don't, why point not here. The, why not like why do you not uh, think that's right simply on the basis that there there is no evidence in the scriptures for Uh, angels in a sustained way to keep bodies so that this can happen you know they'll show up as if they have a body on occasion and you see them that way in fact jesus calls them sexless beings they're sexless beings and he says they can't get married jesus himself says that yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and so there's 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 a lot
0: of evidence against that there's more to it than that though i think jude if he wanted a quote from first enoch and understand these angels abandoning their positions that way, he would have said that, you know, he would have come right out and said that this is a Genesis six thing and not a Genesis three thing. And he doesn't do that. Since there's other scripture for that. Right. He doesn't do that. So it just, it just doesn't warrant that, that it's a weird, you know, it's, I think it, it's it's popular understanding because it, it's seductive. It's seductive, like like in the like worst say, possible that's, ways. Like it's that's the worst. Interesting. It's the worst soap opera, <laughs> you know. And, that and you know, Timothy. Honestly, 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 honestly. Um, even if some of our listeners are like, "Whoa, that's an inter- interesting interpretation," then it kind of sticks in your head. Dear listener, <laughs> it just doesn't help you. Now this is a, a good segue into the last significant issue here that we have in verse 7. Now I will say this, it's only a significant issue these days. For centuries and centuries and centuries, this was an undebated point. It is now a debated point. It's But for centuries and centuries and centuries, it was not a debated point. Um, and the issue is that Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion what kind of sexual immorality are we talking about that's really the question it is and it it, it is related to the first issue that we talked about the genesis 6 versus genesis 3 um, and the angels and let's see if we can tie this together for people if you believe that this is a genesis 6 issue okay then and you say in a similar way Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves to sexual immorality and perversion. What you can say is the sin of Sodom and, and Gomorrah is that they were looking to have sexual relations with, with angels. Right? Right. So there's That's two right. angels in Lot's house, we, Genesis chapter 19, and the men of Sodom and Gomorrah are trying to break the door down so that they can have sex with these angels. But here's the thing. The men of Sodom and Gomorrah did not know that they were angels. They did not know that. These were men trying to have sex with the men. Well, and that's a, that that's the, nar- the narrator in Genesis is very, very clear about that. Those, those men in Sodom and Gomorrah had no idea they had no idea that those were angels and that was the whole point bring them out so we can have sex with them and lot is the one who's so uh, affronted by that oh we can't do that you know and so the what the narrator's doing there in genesis is very very clear is there's just a clear condemnation of and I'm going to use I'm going to use Jude's language here now we have the word word perversion here um, What I'm trying to remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Timothy, the Greek actually says unnatural flesh.
1: That's right. right. Against.
0: Unnatural flesh. So it says perversion here, but it's unnatural flesh. We have to ask the question, uh, based on that Greek, unnatural flesh, we have to ask the question, what then is natural flesh? What is natural flesh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it just kind of goes back to, you know, how do human bodies fit, fit together? And a male and a female, they just, there's a natural way that those two bodies come together. And there isn't a natural way for two male bodies to come together and, and produce offspring, offspring biologically. Um, so, when when Jude is saying that that that's what he's really getting at right there. This it's the whether it's natural or unnatural, um, kind of sex. Sometimes we call this natural law. Um, you can just tell by fe- by sheer reason by looking at things by looking at biology the way things mechanically work. You might say, and what Jude is saying is that Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, you know, they were doing something that was unnatural, that was unbiological, and they gave themselves up to sexual immorality. That's the language here that you have. So that here. word that's that, that phrase sexual immorality, that one's again, it's one word in Greek, and it's only used here in the New Testament, but it is used quite a bit in the Septuagint. That's the Greek translation of the old testament. And it's used most often by Ezekiel to talk about just this rampant idolatry um, in in the life of the Israelites, and 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 Ezekiel portrays that as as adultery. Even he even portrays that um, in incredible, incredibly striking ways, and I just invite the listeners maybe to to go in there and read a little bit of Ezekiel, but he'll talk about the um, sexual organs, even of horses. And, um, it's shocking stuff. It's really shocking. And, and so Jude is, is picking up on that, using that word, just saying, this is just really, really bad, um, out of line type of stuff. Now, having said that, having said that, uh, we, we just got out a Pride Month here in New York City, and one of my friends actually um, posted that that note from Romans where the Apostle Paul um, condemns homosexuality and on uh, on Facebook. and that was it. <laughs> that was it. We, are, we need to speak with one voice with Jude and call sin, sin. Um, but how do we do that, Jonathan, in a loving way? Like what's, what's the difference between Jude here writing to false teachers and condemning just outright and maybe uh, us dealing with an acquaintance or a friend who is gay? I think we have to talk about how those two situations are just completely different. Well, and we have to speak with a lot of love and a lot of compassion because we all know people um, in our lives, sons, daughters, uh, uncles, who struggle with this issue. And you're right, there's a huge difference between somebody who and we're going to see this later in the letter here, who comes into a church, a a Christian church that has a set body of teaching uh, that Jude has clearly given us here and and in line with in in the scriptures. And they come in and they say, uh, that's wrong. And they teach it and they promote it and they lie about it. And that's different than somebody who's not making claim to being a Christian. And is out there in the world uh, with whom we need to deal with law and gospel, um, and draw them to faith. Right? Yeah, I think that's right. And I think the the practice of the Apostle Paul here is is so informative and helpful. When he was, when the Apostle Paul was writing the Book of Romans, he's writing people who are already Christians right and he's able to be frank and honest and combative with them and so that's how i think romans and jude are instructive for how we deal with people inside the church right yeah you have to take on the false teachings and if in, it's in the church this is inside the church and we have to understand that now how we deal with people outside the church is a is a wholly different manner, and I, what the, the you can follow the Apostle Paul's practice in the Book of Acts, for example, where he will he will call the practices of of people who are unbelievers um, futile, or Peter will call them empty, empty, void, uh, and and lead people to an understanding of the gospel. But he it, it, that would be an interesting study for all of us, One: not how, how does the Apostle Paul and the other apostles deal with people differently, both inside and outside the church? What we can say is Jude is addressing the church, and he is being contentious for the sake of the gospel. And so if something is happening inside the church with regard to homosexuality, This is, you know, it's just a straight um, up frontal assault that comes from Jude here. Yeah, no, it can't happen. Yeah, and again, I I think we need to be really clear about this. We're not talking about people who struggle with um, sexual sin. That is is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about people like, I I have homoerotic tendencies or I I have... um, Heterosexual issues, which uh, so many people do, and uh, they're lusting in in the wrong ways, and and they and they look at that and they say, "Boy, I don't I don't like that about myself." These are people who really like that about themselves, who totally embrace it. Um, those people in some Sodom and Gomorrah were banging down a door all together, trying to to do this. You no, know, there was no. There was no shame involved. There was no care about God or his law or anything like that here in these verses. And so we have to, we have to think about that, too. So for, for this, I'm just trying to speak to the struggling Christian right now and say, there's a difference here, and I hope, hope people are seeing that, too. Yeah, if, if you're out there struggling, I want you to know this. I want you to know this to the depths of your heart. You are forgiven in Christ. You are, and live in that, and flee, flee from this sin, and get help yeah. too. This Jude is not writing to you. He's writing for people who are not struggling with this sin. Yeah. I mean, even look at Lot. His, if, you, if you go to that story, I mean, let's use that story just for a second. There's Lot right there in the middle of it. He hadn't left it. He was, he was struggling in it. He was, he was tortured in his righteous soul, we're told, in other parts of the New Testament. Um, but he struggled with it. Clearly he struggled with sexual sin. Read the rest of Genesis. He struggled with sexual sin. But he was still righteous in the sight of God through faith. Um, another Christian who is struggling with these issues. And so we can take a great deal of confidence in our God, in our Christ, who's redeemed both our bodies and our souls.
1: We are podcasting scripture, one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517, Scripture, Theology, Life.